<laughs> Today's scripture reading is from Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. This is the word of God for the people of God. Please pray with me. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. This week has caused me to reflect a little bit on the celebrations of life and the services of death and resurrection, the funerals that I've been doing over the past several years. You know, when we were separated because of COVID, I found myself in a rhythm. I was often doing two funerals a month, and they were strange ones. They were lonely ones because most of them were for people who were not members of the congregation I was appointed to serve, but people who found themselves displaced. They couldn't travel to be with their families. They couldn't necessarily follow their original intention, if there had been one, for what a kind of service like that would be. I was called in as someone who was nearby and willing to help and I was often meeting with a very small group of people. Oftentimes, people who didn't share our traditions. And so I did a lot of services that didn't include Psalm 23. Do you remember that? We were even not printing bulletins a lot of the time during that time because we didn't know what we didn't know, right? So the services were different. They often did not include Psalm 23. This week we've had two services for people we love. Both of them had bulletins, both of them had gatherings, both of them had Psalm 23. And it's making me think about what this Psalm does to us and for us when we say it together. Psalm 23 is built around the image of a shepherd. And a shepherd is a very important relationship. 
A shepherd in a community is someone who doesn't fit in very well because they don't spend their times in the, time in the company of a lot of other people. They spend their time with sheep. They live with the sheep. They become attuned to the sheep. The sheep are formed to them, and they are formed to the sheep. In fact, this metaphor is expanded upon by Jesus, right, who says, my sheep know my voice. When I call them, they will answer. There's this author, um, Diana Eck, who writes about the Christian life, and she has talked about spiritual journeying and how her understanding of God and theology has been broadened by her experience in other cultures. And in her spiritual memoir, she wrote about what it means to believe something. She says, if your only exposure to culture is American culture, then your thinking about believing is very head-centered. It's very intellectual, academic. You believe something when you've gone through the scientific method with it, when you've tested it and verified it. It's a factual kind of believing. But Diana Eck points out that's not what that word actually means. That's not where it comes from. And it's certainly not the way it's being used when it's in Scripture. If we were going to translate, I believe, in the way it's spoken out in Scripture, it would mean, I give my heart to. I give you my heart. That's what it means to believe in somebody, to give them your heart. Between a shepherd and the sheep, the shepherd gives his heart to the sheep. He believes in the sheep. Shepherds are not fooled about how treacherous life can be. The reason you need shepherds to watch over flocks, the reason that generations and generations of people have made their home away from human society out in the wilderness, keeping watch over flocks by night, is because there are many dangers for sheep in the world. There are many things they can eat that will kill them. There are many creatures that will make them prey. There are many ways that they can break their ankle or get an infected foot. It's so quick, it can happen in just an afternoon. And all of a sudden, your healthy flock, whom you've given your heart to, could be in peril. So to be a shepherd for a sheep is to be very aware of how wrong things can go, how much danger there is in the world, how enmeshed our joy is with our struggle. You can have rose-colored glasses if you're going to be a good shepherd. This is important because the biggest question for any of us who want to give our hearts to God, to Jesus, is often, what about the things that go wrong? God has promised all of this love and grace, but what about when things go wrong? What about on dark days? What about in the depths of sorrow, a grief so profound that you feel like God is absent? What about that? 
In our culture, we talk about healing and fixing and mending. We want everything to be all right. We don't do very good, a very good job of rumbling with vulnerability, as Brene Brown puts it, of acknowledging suffering, of lamenting together. It's uncomfortable. It feels wrong. It feels anti our society. But a shepherd is always there in the midst of trouble. He leads the sheep through the valley of the shadow of death, and with his rod and his staff, he directs them out of danger. They know his voice. They can trust him. Author Jill Crenshaw writes, "What if, instead of the way we usually do, what if we imagine healing?" As a glimpse of divine grace, that we touch and, and taste when we eat bread at the Lord's table. What if we imagine healing as collective worship work we do, to become more aware of God's grace in places where God seems most absent? What if we imagine healing as collective worship work we do to become more aware of God's grace in places where God seems most absent? That's what we do at a funeral, isn't it? We come together, and in the depths of our grief, in the extremity of exhaustion and sorrow, we declare to one another the reality of God's grace. We see each other. And call out to each other, and give voice to the shepherd's voice that God is always with us, even in the darkest valley. Okay. Then there's this part of Psalm 23 that has the "You set a table before me in the presence of mine enemies." I'm going to say, if you've ever tried to memorize this psalm, this is usually where we get lost, right? Where does this image come from? Sheep don't eat at a table. Why is there this pivot? There is this interesting tradition among the prophets, where in the prophetic literature, in the books of the prophets, if you've ever done a Bible study on them, you'll notice this tradition. Where something is placed in their mouths, they eat the scroll of the prophecy. I know it sounds weird, but it's an image that gets used over and over in the stories of the prophets. They eat the scroll. This is an image that comes from a kind of culture where you have to know what the voice of God sounds like, because you can't read. Because you can't read it in a book, right? You have to know it when you hear it. You have to know it by heart, right? And so, prophets, what they are doing is they are taking into themselves the voice of God and speaking it out, right? Speaking as God, they're eating the word of God, and they're changed. By what they have taken in, 
And so what they give out then becomes the grace of God, God's word. Jill Crenshaw writes, We do not explain theology through liturgical words. We become theology. We become God's word enfleshed. We eat the scroll. We digest it. Then, nourished by its wisdom, we become parables of God's love and grace. This is why we say Psalm 23 together. This is what it means for God to set a table for us, even in the presence of our enemies. God is feeding us grace and truth. God is feeding us God's love. We're taking it into ourselves when we pray together, when we do ritual together, when we gather here in this place to bear witness to the very real presence of God. When we move together, when we stand and sit, when we speak aloud, when we sing, our bodies are vibrating with the love and grace of God, and it is becoming a part of us. You could say we're giving our heart to it. We're also receiving God's heart. The shepherd knows the sheep by heart. The sheep follow the shepherd by heart. When we take God's word into ourselves, we make Christ known to the world by heart. May it indeed be so for all of us. Amen.